Welcome to Your Music is Bad and You Should Feel Bad, episode 57. We're going to talk about Summer Nam and uh, the Megadeth Meshuggah Tesseract show. Uh, it's totally the wrong order of uh, priority, but um, that we went to in Maryland. And I'm going to put the camera on, too. <laughs> That'll help. Transition. There we go. Okay. Just about got this shit down at any day. We're going to have also, a really mysterious episode. Also, we're streaming again uh, to the Facebook. If you want to, like, distract us, post comments and stuff, and I'll keep an eye on it, and maybe or maybe not, we'll interact. Or we'll ignore you, Also, I, on how we feel. Well, I, I kept my hair and my battle beard, so if you want to oh, yeah. tell me how terrible I look, we'll... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start with let's just start with that show because that was the chronologically. So we went to uh, was the show in Bethesda? Uh, no, what? it was in uh, Silver Spring, which right, is literally more. like I don't know, probably five hundred feet from DC. All right, so pretty <laughs> like, close to DC. It's it's DC. So so we went to DC more or less uh, for Meshuga because you know. They're worth seeing pretty much any time. And, and also, bizarrely, there was no New York show. For yeah, well, the tour. you know, like, they, they, they there was, was like a weird an state one. Yeah. Well, to be fair, again, it was a it was really a Megadeth tour, and I don't know. And uh, and that was the other thing is I was like, you know, I'm due to see Megadeth again. Kiko's a pretty good guitar player, and it was a different guy last time I saw him. So. Let's see how they're doing. Gotta and get it out of your system. They always every play once some good old stuff. Yeah, they always. No, they, I've never and, and seen lived a bad up to that too. show. Yeah, they, they always still do a pre- pretty good job. And you know what? It's set list, right? It's because you, you you play enough old stuff, then people will put up with some new stuff. Yeah, you know. Plus, and then you close out with some old stuff. Their new stuff isn't terrible. It's just bland, right? It's, and it's it just like, sounds like if you were a band that really liked Megadeth, and that was your. It's so they're basically they become a Megadeth tribute band, yeah. just like. <laughs> Dream theaters become a dream, and you know that's the that's the like usual third stage of you have the good stage, and then you have the like we're gonna experiment, but in ways that everyone will regret, and then right, they're like, right. I don't know, fuck that, it, let's that, just do the old shit. That was a risk, <laughs> right? 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 right. Uh, and, uh, exactly. Yeah. Now they're just bland. But the other thing is too, like I, they're not they don't really run risk of like Dave's voice going bad because the whole appeal of Dave's voice is that it's bad. Yeah, and that was yeah. the other thing. I remember, like, he had that period where, like, he probably took some lessons and it it made him, uh, like, more I, accurate, but not as, like, I actually thrashy sounding. Actually, but I think he's... actually don't think he took lessons, because I know that's what happened with Hetfield. Right. I think Dave, it was literally, he just quit drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. And so but, then, like, his, his voice worked. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure that was part of it too. But he quit. I, I, he quit. You could hear his voice get better a few albums after he quit drugs. I think, unless he, you know, relapses. Like, I don't know. But um, I could be wrong. I could be wildly maybe, speculating. Maybe that was around the time Music he found, Wars. found Christ. Music Wars. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, when he found Infowars at some point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I gotta make a shorter, shorter. Isn't isn't one of their like one of their albums from like ten years ago? Wasn't it? basically a concept album about 24 um <laughs> like was it? jack bauer or something i'm oh, pretty sure i'm Wait, pretty what? sure i think the one that came out in like 2007 was like okay. what, 2007 two, some, 2006 to 2008 look up the megadeth discography right. and pull up that period because i think whatever album came out during that time 
was a Jack Bauer's okay, well, 24 concept This sounds album. absolutely ridiculous. Was, okay, but, so no, but it, totally but it just probable. Sounded, but it just sounded like... <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Okay, so, here, so 2004 is The System Has Failed. 2009 is Endgame. Wait, there wasn't one between those? 2001 is The World Needs a Hero, which sounds like... Probably. But that but, name sounds like it, but... It's but I don't think right that... Oh, United for, Abominations yeah, is 2007. Yeah, that one. I thought that one was like a, the 24 concept album. Man, there's a lot of Megadeth albums I've skipped. All right, let's see. Most Background. of them. Maybe not. Or maybe it was unofficial, uh, so yeah. they didn't have to pay for licensing. This one, uh, he said some of the lyrics were written about his frustration with his past record labels. Uh, that's always a good topic for us. <laughs> right. um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't, because I know that he had some stuff where it was like. Well, uh, may, maybe World Needs a Hero. I don't, I don't know. I guess, yeah, because 24 is old, right? That, it was out by old. 2001. But it also ran for like eight seasons or something, so it, it stretches a pretty. So long. it should have been some much larger number. Oh, it it is United Abom- Abominations. It is. Well, it's like a fan theory that people argue oh. about. Oh, it had, then, a, lo- it had a lot of traction at, when it came out. Like three years ago, he talked about Jack Bauer in some interview as inspiration for his music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so just add that to the list of crazy dumb bullshit that Dave Mustaine is... Wait, okay. So <laughs> in this process, I just found out, so that the, the album Endgame, uh, blah, 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 with lyrics inspired by subjects ranging from The Lord of the Rings and the financial crisis of 2008 yep. to insanity, torture, and crime. But which track is Lord of the Rings? Like, which... Like I want, it probably doesn't sound like it. It's not like he probably he doesn't probably doesn't sound like Blind Guardians for a for a track or something. But you never. What the fuck? I don't know. Speaking of the Lord- hardest. Oh, there's a song Chris brought. Sorry, there's a song Chris Broderick co-wrote on this called "The Hardest Part of Letting Go." Dot dot dot. Sealed with a kiss. <laughs> like what is that? Is it like the hardest part of rollerblading? <laughs> it's no. I think uh, it's more like the hardest part of uh, when you get kicked out of Megadeth. Right. And that was oh maybe that was like oh, did he did he kiss him goodbye? Is there That's, like does Megadeth give you a kiss of death when you're done? With- I could see that. Well, because uh, I, like I said, you know, Dave's all Christy now. He it, maybe yeah. there's like some weird Judas ritual. I think happens. Dave literally gives then, you a kiss, and then you and then you have a last supper with the band. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Let's okay. So first of all, uh, who, we showed up for who? Do you remember the Little Lake? The first band oh, was yeah. Little Lake, Lil and Lake. so the deal was I'd never heard of these guys, and so then I listened to their album uh, before we went to the show, and it was my overall impression was it's not very, it's not like exceptional, but it's also not bad. I just it felt like it was one of these deals where give these guys a couple of years. And they might put something out that's yeah. that's good. Yeah, because they it wasn't particularly interesting, but but it wasn't bad. It was like you know they seemed to they seemed to know what they were doing, and they had seemed to have label support. So, um, so I was like, yeah, we should try to catch some of their set. So we caught like the end of it, and it was it was weird because they the dude said, uh, where did I put this? He goes. This was the last song. He goes, he's like, I want to see some movement for this one. Like, you know, like, we wanted people to mosh. Right. But then it was like the tamest 
song. Like yeah. it, like it had a bunch of it had a bunch of like clean sections, and and I don't mean clean vocals. I mean like clean guitars, right, like right. unmashable. But <laughs> but uh, people in Silver Spring found a way. It was it was really bizarre. But so whatever, good for them. They're on tour. It's probably fun. Um, <laughs> maybe keep an eye out. But they're oh the other thing is they're all over the place. If you listen to the album, there's like a doom track. And there's like a super thrash track. And you pointed out they, they, they I think they, they, the second to last track was the super thra- the thrashy track that you mentioned was like the appropriate. And you're like, this is the thrash right. one. And I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I get that. And and then, but then they also do the like prog double picking in seven thing. <laughs> like like so they they haven't picked a style yet, or or maybe who knows? Maybe they're the new crab core. They just play all the styles like. <laughs> one after the other yeah even though they don't know what like polystylistic actually means. but that's another thing anyway um that's actually probably way more time than they deserve mm. um right so then it was so then it was tesseract and the hilarious Yawn. thing well the hilarious thing about that was there <laughs> like the set just just started like like they're as you're oh, saying, like they're so like much the songs. same, right? Like, they're like they have so much sameness that it was literally like they just they just jumped into it. Which is also how most of their songs are. Like they they have that that unique uh, that like Gent has really mastered avoiding sounding like a song should start <laughs> the way it is starting. It's like down, down. you're like whoa 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 hold on what's going on right. But. Sometimes they're like I don't know how to start the song so I don't know do some like spacey stuff with you know band delays or whatever and then just turn it but like they're like you know screw that extra crap just jump into <laughs> let's it let's just get to the genting and right. that's also usually how their songs end just abruptly right they just stop yeah yeah so they had right they had zero intro they just started playing and then you're like uh <laughs> all right yeah and then i don't know like yeah all their songs sounded the same you were saying they played they played the one song that I can like recognize because on uh, Altered States, which is probably the only album of theirs I've like completely listened to and and more than once even. Uh, but then I, I think the third time around I got real bored because uh, there's one song in there with like a distinct vocal melody and it's that song Nocturne. There's some other because every album has like a bunch of different like they try to do the whole proggy like dividing stuff, but there's no real reason behind it and like. Like Altered States, when you look at the titles and the name of the album, and even listening to it, you're like, this is kind of interesting. I wonder what it's about. And they're like, it was about how there's lots of changes in the band because the lineup would change. And I was like, what? Fuck you. It's like Dave was saying, like, this album's about frustrated with my previous album, like record labels. Like, you've made so many albums. Megadeth's been around for so long. Like, don't whine about your record. Like, fuck that shit. Like, but I guess, whatever. He needs something to inspire him. Right, so he watches InfoWars. But, sorry, for Tesseract. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> I thought you were gonna bring out some Infowars. No, I, something started on my phone. My bad. This this show's live. <laughs> I was looking for Infowars. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Um. So so so. Uh. But that album had their weakest vocalist, 
and the previous guy came back, I guess because they were doing better and his other thing didn't go anywhere. Like, I, like he supposedly, I think he left to do something like pop, quote unquote poppy, but that never fucking works. And so then Tesseract was doing well. He's like, oh, no. so he's back. But like, you don't really notice the difference because it's not like he's right. No, he's I actually didn't. Better. No, I didn't even realize they had he different is slightly better because the other dude was so like he was a notch. Uh, like like a lot of gent vocalists kind of sound soft to, to me, or uh, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it. Yo, they soft. Like I'm not saying, I'm not saying like they not hard, but like their vocals are very soft, and it, it makes them uh, blend in well. And again, it turns the vocals into like an ambient instrument rather than the lead. And so this guy, the previous guy who was on Altered States, he was a step more ambient than this guy. But this guy isn't that much more dynamic, and the melodies are still like avoiding coherency most right, of the time. There's not a lot you can do with the material, right? Is right. the deal? Yeah, no, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, and well, that's that's a good segue to the uh, what I wanted to mention was in their banter, their between song oh, yeah, banter. Yeah. So they were at least they have get props for being acutely aware of like what tour they're on because he goes <laughs> he goes you probably don't know who we are. And it was like, fair. A lot of people at a Megadeth show probably don't. But again, the people that showed up early enough to see you, maybe maybe they do. Um, yeah. But I so I certainly did not know who he was. Right. I didn't realize there were multiple vocalists. <laughs> yeah. In the past of the band, and then and then he said something super weird. Um, he was like, <laughs> and I don't know because they're they're British or what, mm. but he goes. You've been very respectful thus far. I'm like, when I think of things that I want an audience to be, especially a metal audience, right? Respectful's not really near the top of the list. Like, like, I mean, I guess unless they're like throwing stuff at you, maybe that's what he's been getting. Maybe it's maybe it's more comment commentary on a different show on the tour than that one. Yeah, it's like, knows? oh man, you guys are so. So respectful. <laughs> no one told us to well, go. Oh, go maybe he's getting people who are like, "Fuck you, where's Megadeth?" You know. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, if you like, what's the this audience? shit? Like, it's like the heavy metal parking lot reunion yeah. tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. But so it just seemed like a really strange comment to make. Yeah, respectful. Um, but yeah, I didn't. So I thought that the new guy, not the new guy, the vocalist who is the old vocalist, and he's now the new vocals so i guess he's really just kind of been the vocalist most of the time at this point but uh i don't pay that much attention to tesseract so i th another thing was that the guy who was on the one album and then left uh he couldn't do any harsh stuff and i guess this guy can do some but then i realized at the show they still don't use it much so yeah. it really doesn't matter it's still basically just like the jet band with just clean vocals is kind of their their thing um and that's all i had to say about it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was really uh, it was very it was very sleepy time, which yeah. is appropriate. I like the one song. I like the, the one song that they played. Yeah, even though it also is sleepy, right, and right. it's called Nocturne. So if they're very stasis, the yeah. songs just sort of go on for a minute and yeah. then they stop. It's got like the one like like really good genty riff. They don't they don't gent very hard. No, it's it's not hard hardish. They also do this thing where which uh which really I don't like most of the time. Where it's like they don't do like palm muting, muting. They do the like, hand, like finger mute. Yeah, like yeah. where it's like more of like a string scrape. It's like down, down, like that kind of thing. Instead of instead of actually palm muting, like a real guitar bop, player, bop, bop. right? And so 
they knew yeah. that king of, yeah. so like when that album came out i was like oh that's interesting but then after a while you're like not that interesting <laughs> not that interesting. not a not 60 minutes yeah. worth of interesting but yeah, you know they were, say they were the same right? basically They're... they weren't any better or worse than ever any other time they were Very the same dull at least Sorry. both guitar players were there uh and there was so there wasn't like a uh because the last time i saw them one of the guitar players was out they didn't say anything until like the end almost but i was like there's two guitars like what is oh it's a track so they got like and i don't think they had a bass player at all at the time or wait no <laughs> maybe they, maybe they did i don't know there was a lot there was tracks they, had a, they just had a keto and the singer the wasn't very good this is the previous one who's gone now so anyway so uh speaking of bands that are missing a guitar player oh yeah good segue uh, <laughs> i'm all over it well, yeah this is also the most miss, not this actually gives us something to talk about with mashuga though because they were still amazing and they were still mashuga but it was interesting because frederick thordendahl was out and his substitute was per nilsson from scar symmetry who i do not care for yeah right and he played a headless guitar and you could hear it you could hear that it was headless guitar sounded a little thin <laughs> also i'm pretty sure he had squiggly frets which fucking <laughs> fucking pointless but um yeah but it was but he did all right you know i really can't he, complain too he, much yeah he played the parts they weren't like super super tight his, mm. and right his tone wasn't that great but and it was like half as long as it should be um but, yeah so yeah. right so this was the this is the only time i'd ever seen mashuga not headline and not at a festival right because mm-hmm. you can't be expected to headline every uh, festival you play so the festival gigs i've seen them at i've seen them at three festivals and they they didn't didn't um, they play on like i think they only headlined one of those one of somebody's farewell tours like ministry or something oh you're right right i did I see the at, that show. at Irving plaza yeah. correct they opened they opened for ministry you're right that is the one time uh but at that show very important difference from this show uh they did not play future breed machine at this show right so they didn't it was weird they didn't have an encore yeah and so the set was pretty short and then like they didn't so they didn't just like play future breed machine to end the set like i don't know oh maybe that's because pear maybe he didn't uh, he doesn't have the breath controller like doesn't know how to do it yeah i didn't think of that but uh yeah that was weird they things that are obvious that we didn't consider (laughs) well you have to at the time i had been moshing for the entire (laughs) set and i somehow injured my left hand it was like i have no idea how it was like the the set was over and we went down to the downstairs bar and i was like man it really hurts to close my hands (laughs) speaking of moshing though There was some dude crowd surfing in a wheelchair, which was oh, pretty yeah. fucking brave. Yeah, yeah that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was insane. Lots and, like, nobody seemed to get really <laughs> hurt by it, which surprised. And, like, he made it. Like, he made yeah. it all the way. But, like, there were a few minutes, though, where you were like, oh, shit. Because somebody wasn't ready for, like, You're looking a lot at this of like, is this happening? Yeah, you're like, I mean, I guess good for that dude. But, like. Apparently, he was really cool. Like, uh, people we know talk to him. Oh, so. cool. Yeah. Cool. It was, no, yeah, it was an eventful pit. Because, they're, they're right, there was the dude in the wheelchair <laughs> There was a guy in the pit, like, with his girlfriend, and he wasn't, like, a huge dude. Like, he was, a, like, a big guy, but he wasn't, like, you know, he wasn't one of these dudes where you see him and you're, like, oh, like, steer clear of that guy. 
he was just like he was just like guarding his girlfriend in the pit and he did like a really good job and then like two thirds of the way through he got a phone call he was like we gotta go and he like pulls her out of the pit it was super weird and then I hurt my hand and I probably broke my phone cause uh it was still working and then it died like it, overnight it died and so I'm guessing it probably was holding on yeah and then it and then it gave out um but yeah, the sh- it wasn't the show wasn't loud. I didn't, I didn't have my plugs in. That was kind of disappointing. Um, but I mean, it was Michigan. It was awesome. they played Bleed, right? Yeah. Like so, so that was great. Um, I'm happy we went. But it was probably it was probably the worst Michigan show I ever saw, or that I have seen. Yeah. But it was still awesome. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like the the bar set so high that you you got a little room to work with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even if sub part Michigan show is like pretty pretty awesome still because their floor is like way higher yeah, than yeah. pretty much any band yeah um so you know maybe they had to cut uh future breed machine so they had time to set up the like ridiculous megadeth vip like like hey do you want to pay extra to look really dumb but like you get to be awkwardly yeah. on the side of the stage they're not the first on the side of the stage, like to the right. side. No, they're Eight on the stage. On stage. They're on the <laughs> stage. Yeah. Like if this was a band with keyboard players, that's where their the keyboards would have been, right. and Dude. they're like little like taped off sections, and they're like stand in this spot. Yeah. No. It was. Yeah. It was. It was bizarre. Yeah. Right. Because they just like so. First of all, the thing was, I wouldn't want to have to follow Mashuga, and yeah. so I think because of that, Dean doesn't care. Well, I don't know. It was like an hour, but after like there was a huge like the last time I had to wait that long between bands at a metal show was um, hypocrisy. Yeah, in, like well, they had to um, two thousand one. Were the cabs? The cabs were up already, right? Oh well, I don't. They were putting them up. There was, a, was they had on. a ton of gear. Yeah, right. They had a wall of cabs. They had a ton <laughs> of gear, but it doesn't matter. They set it all oh, up, man. and then. And then we waited another half hour. If like, I was smart. Yeah, they were like quick. I would have put the pictures on my. Yeah, no, a picture would be thing. extremely helpful to show the. Um, oh wait, let me just go to my Instagram. What that? Uh, what the? What the taped off areas were with the people standing? It was literally like they were prisoners on stage. It was bizarre. As much gear as they set up, though, still less than when we saw Ingvay. <laughs> Uh, that was correct. They had fewer cabinets than it, it was more symmetrical and like <laughs> well, well, functional. Well, no, the other thing was they so Ingve literally was just like all you could see was gear, and so it was just like a mountain of gear. But Megadeth had a video screen, so you needed to be able to see, you know, uh, the screen, so they couldn't just like cover it with amps. Right. Yeah. And. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was weird, though, um, because they had, (laughs) (laughs) they had, uh, like, a lot of the video was, like, really on the nose. Like, they would say, you know, uh, so Symphony of Destruction, right? Yeah. He talks about the rats. He's not talking about, like, I mean, it's like a metaphor. Admittedly, the story of the Pied Piper, like, is not a metaphor, but he would say rats, and they would show rats, and then he would say symphony, and then they would show like a conductor, like conducting a symphony. Hey man, it, it was you, you can't mess with metaphor and drunk Megadeth fans. <laughs> no, That's just a recipe for disaster. No, but it's literally <laughs> like they hired someone to to go through like stock footage and just be like, hey, yeah, whatever. 
just uh, anything that you find that matches the words we said, just use that. So it was really bizarre. Um, and then, so I guess, was it Vic that came out? Like they had this robot or was that a different thing? Um, Cause the one didn't look like Vic. It looked more like, like a, like a seventies Battlestar Galactica Cylon. Or something. <laughs> like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, there was two of them, right? Right. Yeah. There was a big complicated one that was the Cylon or like, right. But to was me, that it also, supposed to be Vic? Yeah. Well, it's always supposed to be Vic. Okay, well, I mean, that, it's I, a really shitty, dumb well, right, new version right, of Vic. Well, but, right. So because the thing was, it just felt really like, if you've ever seen Iron Maiden live, right, and they have Eddie come out in various yeah, yeah. things, like it really felt like they were like, oh, well, we're doing the Iron Maiden thing. Um, but it did, it just didn't look like Vic at all. Like, I was like, what is this? But yeah, they had this big dumb robot come out on stage and walk around the, uh, all right, this'll do. <laughs> <laughs> this is before the, this is, oh, this is you took the picture of the screen in right. the bar downstairs. We were, we were downstairs. This is before they brought the prisoners on stage. Also, there's the tally. It's uh 12, four by 12s and eight, eight by 10s. Shout outs to that downstairs bar, by the way, for the free drinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And also the sitting down. This was, that, a, was that was a great. Part this was at the Fillmore, by the way, the Fillmore in, in Silver Spring. Yeah. Nice venue. Yeah, there was uh, upstairs would have been sweet for Megadeth. Yeah. They have a balcony with seating. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so what else? Uh, Megadeth was pretty good, and they played a pretty. They 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 seem to always, at least when I've seen them, they seem to always do Tornado of Souls and Holy Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. And usually sweating bullets. Usually Hangar Eighteen and sweating Hangar bullets. Hangar Eighteen, yeah. There's Hangar like, Eighteen was pretty early. So. Yeah, they, they played some a bunch of really cool stuff though. Like um, they played like Through My Darkest Hour. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was um. Good. Uh, they pl- did. They played Peace Cells. Peace Cells. Uh, Atulamond. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Like they played Symphony of Destruction stuff. was like at the end. I think. Um, yeah. They 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 know they know what the hits are. They did. They play the hits. They did play the hits. There was it, there was only I feel like only a few, like songs where I was like this is from one of them recent albums. It was like maybe one from each of like three two or three maybe. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't oppressively a lot of new stuff. I think. Did they play anything off Risk, or did they just skip it? Like they didn't play Crush Them, did they? No, I don't think so. I think, I think they, they did, skipped it. I think they did play um, Trust, though. There was oh, a good like yeah, yeah. forty minutes Trust. of Bland in their set, though. Yeah, like, at least. No, but like it from that those two albums, Trust is the least terrible. Right, song. Trust is just the like we 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 tried to go for like it's, catchy songwriting, but at least we're still like it's their best I can. <laughs> yes. No, it totally. totally. It's, no, it's the first song on the album. Yeah. It has the same kind of feel. It just doesn't have a, a horn section <laughs> keyboard riff. Din. That's not such a positive, din, 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 din. positive message about stuff. <laughs> um, uh, the only. In w- case you don't know, what we're talking about it's a Queen's song from the album Empire. I'm sure there is a hilarious video. There is. If you go on YouTube. Th- there is. It's it, uh, it's an EMI video. Yeah. Um, no, the thing that was weird to me was that they were playing to a click. Because Megadeth is kind of one of those things that doesn't yeah. really seem like it needs or benefits it's from prob- a click. Yeah. Well, it's probably because uh, the videos they're using are synced. 
Um, although, again, that you don't necessarily have to then do the entire show on a click, but it's probably easier if you're trying to make everything. If you're using it for right. some stuff, it's probably easier just to use it for everything. And especially if members keep changing, it's like, listen, here's the program, or here's what you got to, you know, yeah. play right. it to, to this click and, you know. Well, and so speaking of the video, there was this one, there was the one part where there was a, there was video of uh, Kiko playing the solo as if like it was in that typical, like you put a GoPro on the headstock. Mm. But I was like, is this live video? I think it was. Or, they have a thing in Because the... I couldn't see his guitar at that yeah. point because he yeah. was on the other side of the stage yeah, and we were way in the much back. Kiko. And so I couldn't really see him. And so I didn't know if it was live or, or, or what, but I was like. I was like, if it's not live, it's synced up incredibly well. Yeah. Well, they, I definitely, some of the videos were definitely synced, um, especially some of the recent stuff. But yeah, it was, it was good though. But speaking of having a ton of gear on stage, uh, I'm pretty sure Dave's playing an Axe Effects. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, cause I looked it up. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. No, because because I was because I was wondering that because I mean he has he has a really like modded jcm 800 kind of tone still and it's like i mean no one else is playing with that tone like he's the only one and um like even like even metallica have abandoned their like 80s tone you know and so i was like oh i'm like i wonder if he just like has a kemper that like they have a ham you know he has a couple amps it was like no Mm. he's playing axe packs i was like oh okay well that's good and that probably explains why it sounded good too because i remember uh, when I first saw them at Ozfest in '99, they were he was still using I think the JMP, so he was still using a legit tube preamp. Well, and Marty Friedman was playing the Crate Blue Voodoo, yeah. which is a terrible amp. Yeah. Um, and so the JMP was cool, but then he switched to like this Rocktron. I think it was the Rocktron Prophecy or something. He did a bunch of like weird preampy right, and he would things. play through those Marshall power block yeah. amps that no one played yeah he and was literally the only person so playing them. basically when he stopped using the jmp sounded like crap until more recently and then i guess that would explain why this tour he sounded good because xfx will will do it <laughs> yeah there's also a, a jmp model in there oh yeah so that's also possible if he was like i gotta get my old tone or he could at least use it for some stuff if that's what he you know i don't know or not doesn't nobody's gonna notice <laughs> uh, all right, so I think that's pretty much. What else is any else with that show? I, think that I was... mean, it was just Megadeth. Would, we're good. They're yeah. always good. Like if you haven't seen them, you should go. If you saw them before and you liked it, it'll, go, it'll be the same thing. Oh yeah, and it was notable that like since the first band was all right, there was really nobody bad on the bill. Yeah, it was like this is a perfect example wow. of like we can only talk for so long because we're like it was it was good. It's a good show. I enjoyed it and. And, and, most, act would have been, and they were mostly nice. <laughs> they were professionals they didn't do yeah. any like crazy spinal tap yeah bullshit yeah i mean dave although i was actually hoping that dave would like go on an info wars rant or something <laughs> i honestly was like could you be a little less professional so it's hilarious what the video, to, that's what the video screen was, it was well, like, yeah it's like he puts it in he puts it into the art man so you don't have to, he doesn't have to say anything art speaks for itself <laughs> um yeah Say, say it with flowers or your art your art about blowing stuff up <laughs> alright so uh, let's talk a little bit about Summer Nam uh, so we was in Nashville where it was really hot um, and so Summer Nam okay so we talked about Winter Nam a few times 
not that they're very popular episodes because it's like very specific gear nerdery yeah. stuff. Well, but also there's so there's so much hilarity that goes on Winter Name because you have all these right. people who still think it's the '80s. Yeah. Um, I should lead. I should, next that time I'll, I'll, I'll normal lead. Nam. Oh, sorry. Well, that's what we're, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, normal yeah. Nam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were paying attention. <laughs> okay, I, got, I got you. I got. You. Um, right. That's and that's part of the appeal, and that's why that's half of what we usually talk about. It's not so much about what gear we saw. Uh, but in this case, man, uh, I just uh, this is what I expected to just be talking about is like it's a lot smaller, and we knew that going in, and we knew that like a lot of people are like, why would you go to Summer Nam? Like, cause we could. Like, <laughs> right, fuck you. Why do you go to Summer Nam? Cause we don't have jobs. Yeah, and, and we're like, well, it's you know, a thing that's happening. If it's and if, we like gear. If it's lame, we don't have to go again. Like, it's not the end of the, this. Is not a big deal. Right. And well, I definitely think it's worth going to again. But I think the thing oh, yeah. to do. So this this show's only three days, yeah. right? And and Saturday is is open to the public day. So I think the thing to do in the future is just take Friday off and then fly like Thursday night, yeah. right? So that because it, the thing about this show is it's really easy to get people's time. Like you know I, we talked to Negrini yeah. for like however long until it was like, all right, we're gonna go somewhere else now and like some booths like um like those two kids from chicago who like they it was like kept being like yeah that's okay that's yeah that's cool all right thanks for, okay <laughs> oh, that's really cool man like, like hey, please stay uh, talk to us <laughs> right 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 they were, they were like you're the first people who know what a guitar is and it's like that's not true yeah. uh, the, uh, so so be like be like go for friday so that you can do any business that you actually are trying to do and then if there's stuff you didn't see or you want to hang out some more, you you yeah. know, you can go to Saturday as well. But as, as you only need one day right, to do the whole thing. Right. As, wow. a com- as a compare as a as a comparison, R- Winter Nam like for at least us, especially who have like multiple, like we're not just looking at guitars, we're looking at all kinds of stuff. So we can really take three days it's winter nam you know it's four days but like the fourth day is like you probably are going to be too exhausted anyway or like you want to like double check stuff right. anything you maybe miss like oh crap but for the most part you need those three days and like i wouldn't want to miss thursday right but with this one we came in late on thursday got there at like 4 p.m show yeah. closes at six yeah did like not even the full two hours because suddenly we're like i'm hungry this isn't very big we'll come back tomorrow by <laughs> yeah. like th- by like 2 p.m on saturday we were like i think we saw everything <laughs> no 2 p.m on friday right i'm sorry i mean friday i mean yeah, friday. Yeah. the second no, day it was do, like took you, like a you can do the whole show in eight hours it was like uh three quarters of a day if you add it all up to what you need to do the entire entire thing yeah yeah uh, how big is the space that it's in so it's 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 like one hall right. of the winter one. Yeah, yeah. So Winter Nam is basically four halls on the floor, and then all, and then there's one in the basement, and then there's stuff upstairs, and then this year they're expanding it. There's like a yeah, new there's a whole so new this, building. Jeez. So this show is basically like one fifth the size yeah. of Winter and Nam. The interesting, other interesting thing, there's technically the space is two halls of the Music City Center. Yeah. But it's. I think it's equivalent to one hall of yeah. the winter of the Anaheim space. But what's hilarious is uh, uh, the second day when we either we went to lunch or we came in the second day and we went in the wrong hall entrance. And they're like, "This isn't Nam. You got to go further down." We're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So we went down one, and then we're like, and they're like, 
And we're like, oh, still not nailed. Still not nailed. Keep going. It was like two, like four holes, and the first two were something else. And they're like, down the Nam's down the hall. And yeah. we're like, okay, oh, yeah. we get A it. A and B was some was some food thing actually. <laughs> yeah, some, I'm sure there were more people there, right? I don't know. It, I don't know. Because they wouldn't more, let us in. It yeah. looked like it, more people were in typical suits. trade was, show. Yeah, it was an yeah. actual like trade more insular, yeah, trade show thing. Can't let these musicians in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, they would probably eat all the samples. Yeah. <laughs> first, first time they've seen a meal um, in a minute so uh but it was yeah it was still cool uh there was a few there was stuff that i was like not surprised wasn't there but then there was stuff where i was like really like um every big big company with the exception of taylor taylor had their own room that was probably the biggest it looked like anybody put into yeah you had to take a really space. rickety elevator to get to it though yeah um, all, which is a theme in Nashville, apparently. Oh yeah, it's rickety. Ele- I, our our hotel had the elevator. It was like, don't jump, and <laughs> like, no, don't no, jump no, up and down no, the that elevator. That was at the diner. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. The diner. It said don't jump. No, but we had there was a like a, a warning in our elevator it said too. Max twenty five hundred pounds. Yeah. Well, but it also just kept like time. Right, that time we got in it and it went like it like moved. Oh, and, you're, and then we just you're like, like oh maybe they're all no jumping elevators. Now. You're like that's not a good sign. And we just we took the stairs the whole time. Yeah. Also, because nobody was on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you guys at the main hotel for the? No. No. Here was the great thing though. It this was about was, a it yeah, was about a mile cool. away. Mm-hmm. And and I figured, you know, close enough, whatever. Uh, also, they supposedly had a shuttle. Yeah, right. So here's so so, <laughs> I was just playing, you know, because I've done this at at Winter Nam. Just sometimes, just take cabs if you're not gonna. It doesn't take that long if you're not gonna go back and forth. And but the first thing they're like, oh, there's a shuttle. We're like, okay, cool. We'll take the shuttle. And they're like, it'll be 12 minutes. So about 20 minutes later, we're like, hey, about that shuttle. And they're like, oh, they're stuck in traffic. It'll be 12 minutes. And they're like, that's what you said last <laughs> yeah, time. We're like, we don't trust you anymore. Right. That's clearly <laughs> we'll your, your standard number for like an amount of an unknown yeah. amount of time. 12 and, minutes. And I figure we the extra mile we walked like made up for the lack of actual floor walking <laughs> in, in the NAM diet. Right. Which is, uh, uh, well, which yeah, which bizarrely in Nashville, every place had seafood, like a lot of it, and you're like, there's no sea here. Uh, and actually, come from? actually posted. So I ate oysters, and uh, Kim goes, she's like, that's pretty brave being in a landlocked <laughs> city. I was like, and I was like, for breakfast, no less. <laughs> eating oysters for breakfast it's a big commitment earlier uh, ironically <laughs> i feel like i got more gross stuff like because it sounded like the seat the oysters worked out okay oh yeah no, no. situations I ate, I ate oysters some stuff i ate did not work out as well i was like this is not three times great. yeah yeah i ate oysters three times <laughs> because again like like the i would go places and that's the thing like that's the thing that's almost you're guaranteed uh it's not gonna make me sick is is seafood mm-hmm. so every i was like oh, you got oysters but you right. might get high on shellfish yeah i might get high on shellfish <laughs> i usually need to eat a lot of self shellfish but that did happen when we and when we went to i was in um st michael's on the eastern shore of maryland and we paid um like 60 bucks and they came and poured an, an entire pile of crap this was the the slogan i mean, i wish i could remember it but it was something like if he ain't kicking we ain't cooking like something <laughs> so it was it was supposed to be like it was basically like you don't know what crabs they're gonna have until you show up because it's like whatever they caught that day and they were like oh we only have mediums and we're like fine so you pay him 60 bucks they pour like an entire pile of crab on your 
on your table that are that's just covered in old bay and i totally i totally did get the like shellfish high but like it's pretty <laughs> rare like yeah i have to like eat a substantial amount of shellfish i'm probably mildly allergic to it but so yeah so i ended up eating like a ton of seafood though because it was weird i don't know why nashville yeah. Maybe because was, I guess it was because that's the only thing that's not deep fried. Yeah, it's that or hot chicken. I mean, it's, yeah, oh, I mean yeah. that's not. I was just gonna say that's the other big weird. Everywhere is hot and chicken. And we were right by. Oh the yeah, hot so chicken place. We're, I, I think I've heard. I want to say I've heard of this place from like. No, Kim mentioned it. When, oh, did when, she? No, because when I, when I was po- again in the same thing where yeah. I was like, she was like, she was when she was like. Um, she was like, eating seafood and you're landlocked? That's risky. What was the line at Hattie B's too long? Right. And I was like, it's it is crazy too long. long. It is crazy long, long. But I also don't think I can eat hot chicken. So I also, yeah, I would not even fuck with hot chicken. I've had chicken that was not called hot chicken. That was pretty hot. And so I'm like, <laughs> hot chicken is not for me. Um, but it's <laughs> so uh, hot like stolen. It was like, literally like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right? <laughs> fenced, fenced chicken. Uh, it was literally next door to our hotel. Like you walk out and be like, Oh, there's the line. Right, there was always a line down yeah. the block. It was insane. Like if they were open, there was a crazy line at all, at all hours. It was crazy. Um, so oh, let's see what was pretty notable. Um, I was checking out. I was surprised Ibanez wasn't there. Well, right. So this is worth mentioning. It was, it was there were a number of people or companies rather mm-hmm. that made product announcements Announce, yeah. for Summer Nam that were not at Summer Nam. So uh, Ibanez was one of them. Hoshino. Now my theory on this is that if you're a retailer, right, and you're going to Nam to look at product to put in the store, you have a purchasing cycle that's somewhat aligned with the show. And so there were probably companies that for whatever reason didn't feel like it was worth it to go to Summer Nam but still <laughs> wanted to release product on the cycle so right. that they wouldn't miss out on some business. Yeah. But like it's just weird that you would and again maybe it's just for the SEO. Right. Right. So people right. searching exactly. new product for and, Nam. Right, cuz I was going to say that I think on the customer end it's become part of the sort of announcement cycle is like it's a good cuz gear nerds on the internet are just going to be searching for nam right. blah 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 and mm-hmm. so which i was doing a week before nam even you know i was like what well, give me the right. previews well right and so that and was then the i went thing. to look for that shit and it wasn't although one of the ones that i thought wasn't there uh i didn't see korg they announced like a stage piano and i saw in the like nam awards that they got some award for it and it had a booth but it must have been like jammed in somebody else's booth or something because i did not you would notice korg they're big they usually have a huge booth yeah. And I did not see it. So I feel like maybe that, you know, sometimes they'll do like a partnership, like you show off this thing so we don't have to go and we'll give you some money or whatever. Um, or who knows, but, um, Korg one I didn't see, but I was looking, yeah, Ibanez announced like three guitars. They weren't that exciting, but I was like, I'll try. Right, but I still wanted I still to want just to play go them. play. I still Ibanez's. want to play the guitars. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to play the the, the current Thordendal in person this, again to see if this, I liked that's it. The, I want to play this is, motion. Yeah, well, and in my head, I'm like, this is what it'd be like if I was playing that guitar. But like, you can't tell that it's like an eight <laughs> string because it's in my mind. And like, I'm playing. You know, I'm playing the first fret. That's what I'm okay. doing. I'm like, I'm genting. How, how hard are you genting? Not that hard. Okay. Not that hard because it's not. There's no. There's no real guitar. Um, but it's so. Uh, what I did look at, oh, sorry, so do we have anything else about the whole oh. not, people who else was not there that maybe... Oh, that wasn't there? No, I don't have comments about who wasn't yeah. there. 
I have comments about who was there to see who was there. Okay, yeah, go go for it. <laughs> well, I feel like you have the better comments about the Kiesel booth. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so because that's what I was gonna say. So I wanted I was I was looking at Kiesel because uh, I got why not? in my in my uh, mental guitar queue. Um, as part of my debilitating guitar addiction, <laughs> which if you want to know more about my debilitating guitar addiction, please subscribe to my other YouTube channel, The One True Matt, where I'll be chronicling it extensively until I am a homeless man with the best guitar collection of any homeless person. Uh, that's the end goal. So um, I want a, uh, a longer scale seven string uh, with a fixed bridge for genting and it's like I'm, I'm gonna get a sweet eight string but that and that'll do gent too but it'll do also a lot of other stuff but I want like a you know 27 or 26 and a half inch seven string with a fixed bridge so I can tune it to like drop G flat or some dumb crap and it'll be good for some of the gentrified stuff and whatever um, and you know like not spending a ton of money on one because it's just kind of an, a weird uh, specific guitar for a specific purpose. So I was looking at Kiesel because uh, I was one of the Ibanez announcements was a seven string was an RGD. Probably wouldn't have worked because uh, it's it had a trem, but it wasn't there anyway. So yeah, I looked at uh, Kiesel a bunch, but like the first thing I was like, uh, so do you have any seven strings with twenty seven inch scale that aren't multi scale? No, no. That that's the one thing like. Well, they said they, they said they, they wanted to bring one, but it wasn't done in time. Yeah, it was on the build schedule, but they didn't they didn't get it done. Um, and the other interesting thing, so this is another perfect uh, comparison to the Winter Nam. Winter Nam Hazel booth is like most booths are, you know, like a wall. Like you can think of them in terms of like little like blocks, like little sections. They're like a one or two squares wide, and that's it. Hazel is like four walls that like well, the it's a, outside it's a hut. right it's a hut the outside so of the four hung walls guitars on the outside and, and the, the inside. inside and then there's also like a middle channel or two where they have amps and stuff so it's an insane booth it's a great actually it's a great booth because right. you can terms, play like everything in terms of uh gear per square foot it is probably the highest yeah they yeah. they cram more stuff into that booth. and definitely that you can actually play oh yeah by far because like esp at winter nam is like you can only touch the cheap shit oh right esp has tons of gear but it's like you would need a ladder to get it yeah and even the stuff you don't need a ladder for it has the signs like to ask for assistance yeah. this is sold you know like yeah so uh so i see kiesel's booth at summer nam and it's like you know like two maybe two spaces wide maybe a little more and then i'm like oh that's like one of the walls of the kiesel hut and then it's like nope that's the booth that's, it. that's the that's whole thing the booth. But they still have a decent amount of guitars, and I, you know, I got, I figured out some stuff. For example, I'm not gonna buy one of their headless guitars, or at least not like anytime soon, because they they gent. So like, I played one like a multi scale seven, and the low two or three strings were like, it was like, oh, this is yeah, this is great, this is all genty. And then as soon as I started going up, like, I just started like, you know, doing some like ascending scale stuff, and right as you get to like the fourth and third strings, it turns into a total ice pick in the forehead, oh, and you're just like, no. what? No, ah. And I was like, I cannot use this guitar. Um, and I also noticed that like their their lithium pickups or whatever are totally genty pickups. Like they're oh, yeah. that's got to be a big part of their audience because it's like they don't op they always uh, it it's like I can't tell if they know their pickups suck or not. I mean, I know they don't they don't say that, but like whenever they come up with a new one, they just chuck the old ones and so it's almost right. like they know that like well that didn't work either. It's well, like, it's like no one is buying them for the pickups, right? 
And they keep insisting, like, I watched this uh, excessively long tour video the other day, which I was tempted to be like, let's just watch some of this, because some of the shit he says, you're like, why are you being so, like, hostile towards... Oh, the, fact, the factory right, tour. The, the, the Jeff Kiesel, it was, it was funny, because it was both Jeff Kiesel, but also the Tone King, because it was on the Tone King's site, but... The Tone King was just basically holding the camera. I thought you were going to say just throwing horns the whole time. <laughs> we'll be probably doing that, too. But, like, mostly you don't hear him. And I think he actually he actually uh, mic'd up Jeff. Because Jeff, everything Jeff said you could hear, great. But everything else you didn't, you just heard people kind of, you know. Um, and, but it was, it was interesting because he's really, like, uh, he keeps comparing himself to other small builders. But they're not really small and they really haven't been small in a long time and so it's like but he also it was like the, he was throwing the shade so hard that i was like you don't have to like none of the people that you sound like you're throwing shade at are actual competition for you like it's not a, a problem and but he'd be like so you know we get the wood in and you know there's a lot of laws now about what kind of wood you can get and some of these guys they're getting illegal wood and you know it's like a thing and he's like our wood all totally legal and you're like but he's not naming names, but he keeps every station of, like, guitar building. He's basically saying the same thing. It's like, so we got this kiln. We dry the wood real good. It's like, because you got to dry the wood. But he goes on this whole spiel about, like, it's a family business. We got generations of experience, blah, 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 blah. And at the end, I'm like, so dry the wood is what you're saying. <laughs> what you're saying is you got to dry the wood. That is correct. You should dry the wood properly. So that your guitar is kind of stable. Also, <laughs> weird to talk about a generational family business when you literally just rebranded. Right. Everything. Right. right. <laughs> um, like, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there were zero, car like, like I get Carvin is dead as a, as a guitar label. Right. It's, it's the it's, amps. They're all amps pieces. now. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see what. Oh, yeah. And I think actually when we I think the Tone King was interviewing Jeff at the show and I kind of like didn't notice or something. Yeah. I, until I he was gone. And I, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't the Tone King. Um, I didn't see Phil either from New Year. And Year. Yeah. I, I know he was Phil. there, but I didn't see him. Um, so the. But, but people at that booth were really excited. Right. So, uh, so I, I went there a few times to try some stuff out. And even though I couldn't find, they didn't have the specific thing. I narrowed down like the model I wanted and I kind of worked, you know, and part of my whole thing is if I can keep it under a certain price, which if you're careful with the options, if you know which options are valuable, you can work their system. But their system is also set up to just fleece people who think that every option they have is a necessary or b even useful because like the next they get into with like seven piece and you're like you don't well and i think all, most of the most expensive options are the cosmetic ones right. right oh yeah no completely cosmetic yeah it's very yeah and uh and they have like this this tricky thing that people still buy where it's like um at, at the, the page where you pick your top it says that flame maple and flame or uh, and quilt maple are included but they're only included until you get to the color picking stage, and then they're all the same price, which is two fifty for flame, four hundred for quilt. And so basically, mm -hmm. it's two fifty for a flame, four hundred for a quilt, and then the color doesn't really make much difference. But it's set up so you're like, oh, it's free! I gotta get a flame, <laughs> and then you're like, oh wait, I gotta pay. So that's uh, also bizarre right. that uh, that flame would be like half the price of quilt because yeah, uh, I, for people for people who don't know. 
uh, quilt is a soft maple and flame's a hard maple. I think, yeah. So try to avoid a quilt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, that's the other thing, is, like, so much of it is, it's not at all practical. Like, you can get, like, a whole, uh, you know, whatever kind of um, different maple necks, different grains and stuff, but the grain's always, like, a less stable option. So usually that's why it's not common on necks. Usually the best thing is just a solid one-piece maple neck, which costs you nothing. That's yeah, the d- right. default option. All right. the other neck options are, like, more money, not necessarily better. Also, like, he goes through in the factory tour how they they have, like, carbon rods now. So everything should be relatively stable. But wait, like, carbon truss rods or carbon, no, carbon insert rods? insert rods. See, that's actually not good, though, because because if so, if you do uh, experience like a dramatic environmental change, mm. what will happen is the wood will change and the rod won't. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why hopefully they're dried properly and stuff. So it should be a little less. Well, yeah, but if they're dried properly, you don't need any carbon rods in there. <laughs> like, ideally no, correct well, this can, is another it's you another can have a truss rod made out of carbon fiber right you can do that but you should never just this have is what everybody's doing now this is how strip. this is how everyone's getting around the fact that it's harder to make longer scale stable necks and more and wider so like but i mean but i had a six string all the ibanezes have titanium no i had a six string carbon base yeah that was a one piece maple neck yeah. It was fine. Well, yeah, exactly. And it should be fine. But right. I think what my point is, it's become another one of those things that everybody has. So everybody's like, got to have those right. rods oh, in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And, They're idiots. Yeah. And um, there, another funny thing in the video is when he's talking about both the carbon fiber rods and the truss rod, he's like trying to, he's like, look at it. It's so strong. I can't even, I can't bend it with my hands. I, see? It, like, he spends way too long on that and like, why would you like he's like i can't even look i'm trying real hard putting all my money like why why are you gonna are you gonna get your guitar home go let's see what happens if i if i try to break your neck with my hands like no jeff nobody's doing that relax it's cool like you got you got customers (laughs) but that was the other thing is that uh i'm on the the kiesel group on facebook now and it's very Look, any guitar company, like the group on Facebook thing is a great business model because it really gets your like customers talking to each other and just circle jerking over your product. And then they're just like, oh, man, yeah. Like everybody like post your guitar and everyone else is like, oh, it's so cool. You know, <laughs> which brings us back to the guy at the booth. So uh, Saturday, uh, we, we come in and I'm kind of just doing a final check. I'm like, I want to see if this is the model that I kind of like and whatever, even though it's not. The exact same or you know find one with the same body would see how the weight's kind of like that kind of thing um and while i was trying it out there's this other dude there who was like everyone was really enthusiastic especially the people who work there like uh with that dude who gave me his card was ca- called flock. flock yeah which i assume is because his hair looks like a flock of seagulls or maybe i'm impl- <laughs> i don't um, know it didn't seem like a given name especially because i don't think there was like a it was just like i'm flack i'm like all right whatever dude and i've seen him on i've seen him on their <laughs> okay their sting stuff before. yeah exactly uh all right whatever gordon <laughs> um uh so um but this one dude was like so excited like the first thing i heard him say he just playing guitar just from over my my shoulder right here this feels so good and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> 
Like, there's no... <laughs> right, no, and he wasn't saying it to anyone. It's not like he was there with his best friend. Right. And he was, he like, was clearly and he was by like, himself. Dude, dude, you gotta check this out. It was totally like, anyone who will listen anyone to me... Anyone in earshot. And then, like, because I kind of, like, yeah, you kind of went like, what? He was, he continued to talk in our general direction. Oh, and then as I was trying to talk, he saw that we had buyer badges. Yeah, yeah, so because we, have, we have retail. They're basically, there's four types of badges you can... And have it now. There's the you're a nobody badge. There's the you work for a company badge. There's a you are a like artist who endorses something and you're going to play during a thing. And then there is a you are here for a company that like this the whole the, the whole reason why everyone is displaying because you are a buyer. Right. Like the idea is your company is going to purchase a large volume of stock. And so yeah. you are the people they are trying to yeah. impress. And those are the badges we had. We had retail buyer badges. Yeah. So, uh, and he, dude was like, oh, man, what's it like to, to go to the show with a buyer badge? <laughs> and we're like, it's like this, bro. It's like the, this. It's, <laughs> it's your limit. It's like, exactly it's, it's the same as any other badge, especially when you treat people as like, normal human right. beings. If you have basic... If you aren't a total spaz. If you have social skills, you can, uh, like, people are, you know, may not even notice what it says on your badge, you know. Like, for several years, I went with the worst badge, which is the retail employee badge, especially from Sam Ash, because they're like, why are you here? Like, how did you get here? It's like, because I paid for it. Like, that's how. Like, not because they send anybody. Um, they sent their one buyer for each... Uh, Oh, I probably shouldn't talk shit about Sam Ashley. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> nobody will see this. Um, no, nobody there knows what a podcast is. Um, actually, they probably don't because I don't think there's any like company associated podcasts. Ben's not doing that probably, already. I don't think he's doing social media anymore because oh. he's a regional manager. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, yeah, so this dude's very excited. The one th- it was funny because later on we experienced the one thing that does happen. Although again, at Summer Nam, I think it's just a wash anyway. But at Winter Nam, you occasionally, if you have a buyer badge, will get more of an immediate hard like pitch from people it about also their stuff. Completely depends on the kind of kind of booth you're going to. Right, right, right. Because our badges it's my brother's company it's not so it it's again like it's not like Sam Ash where it's like okay well we know you guys. Like this is what you buy. Like they have no idea what right. what we buy, and it's, it, and if it, you're if you're going to look at like PAs and stuff, like you know they'll probably be more likely to give you the pitch than at a guitar booth where they're like, yeah, yeah, we know you're just here to like play guitars. Like yeah, you're probably not going to buy anything. Like right. they get it. That's, so it, a lot it of also have done business with your brother. Look at our badges and want to talk to us like right away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, but that's, that's because the, they know who my right, brother right. is. That's like, and not, so that's part of it. It's like if they don't. And I, I've, I've had actually even when I was a retail employee, I had people who saw Sam Ash, especially right. smaller brands who don't know like the structure because they don't have a contact at Sam Ash. They're like. Right. You might know somebody, and maybe and I'm like, I will maybe buy one of these for myself, <laughs> but I'll whatever you think is gonna happen. Oh. Let's act like that's the, the deal. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, oh, I just want one for myself. <laughs> like, I'm just here for me. I just want guitars and stuff. But um, although now I I, I kind of push them like, oh, we, have, we well, we've mentioned the podcast pretty effectively to some people. Including so, including randos on the street. That even has a show. That is there a great. Hall E equivalent at Summer Nam? 
No, it's all it's, mixed together. No, it's, it's, it's just, just the, the weird yeah, thing, it's though. Just mixed but together. there is Hall E type stuff. Oh, so yeah, some right, people right. are just like, of course there is. This is going to be the opportunity. It's probably cheaper than Winter Nam. They're like, other bands don't think this is worth it, but we do, and so they think they. But then or, it's probably well. The other thing is, or if you are close to nashville right right, right. and getting that's to true. la with your stock is a big deal that's true and that so was there the other some companies like there was a few that were like they're like oh we've never been to winter now right they're like we right. only come to summer now yeah. and yeah. they usually it's because they were regional. It's probably very cost effective yeah. then and um but no what was funny was actually one of the most hall e booths was there was this one they had all these like dumb straps and they were like the crap with like where it has like marijuana leaves over it or it's a picture of a chain you pointed that out instead of being <laughs> instead of being a strap that's a chain you can get one that's just a picture of chain chains links. are heavy uh um, so <laughs> but then they had they had they had the strap where it was this dude who looked like he was straight out of the 80s and it said straight out of jersey on it and and the, like the people working in the booth were like oh do you know and they said his name yeah like he was i was like no i've never heard of this dude like What's if i name? had i think i would have recognized him I, I shredder mike or something uh, I, I don't know i wish i could remember the name of the, the company too because actually the one thing they had that was interesting is uh custom coasters which i was like oh, oh yeah i should oh, actually yeah. look into that, that oh would be yeah cool. the woman had her pitch down but what was yeah. weird was she was like we won best in show or something right. like they, that. They, at one point in time, they won some award. And, and I was just like, that's weird, because you have a lot of crazy, campy crap. But, I mean, she was nice. But they, yeah, Shredder, I, th- I posted, it's on my Instagram. I think I saw it, but briefly. Uh, I'll bring it up. Do you have the name of the company on your Instagram? No, but there might be something in the booth. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Tone King posted something about it. Yeah. Oh. About how he's straight out of Jersey. Yeah, so they had these, like, even just the other straps right next to it. Police line, do not cross. <laughs> and one with, like, a Hawaiian hula girl on it, and then one that was, like, tie-dye. Like, they're all just straps that are way too loud, you know? Yeah. Oh, it has his signature on it. Like, I think it says Shredder something. But I can't yeah, make I have it no out. idea what that says. Here, I'll put it up on the thing. It, yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah, no, and I, you'll even see my, my comment. Apparently, this booth won some best in show award. I'm not making this up, <laughs> like because, because if I posted that with the pic, this picture of this dude, like I would not think that that <laughs> I would think that I'm saying that as a joke. While but, we're at it, let's look at some some of these great, like you posted this from the Kiesel booth, just like this guy. Oh yeah, so they had all these, the the Carvin had all the signature. Pull pull up the other one. Is this the company Rubington Straps? Maybe, I wouldn't be surprised. And then they had the this, and this is the old Alan Holdsworth picture, right? And Carvin yeah. used they used to be, all their pictures of the endorsees and everything had the like weird slate backgrounds that you would expect to see in like yearbooks yeah. or like corporate materials from the eighties. Right. Well, cause and, some of them were from the eighties right. no, and nineties. And so like when you're looking at this, this totally looks like a Tim and Eric bit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It looks like Tim <laughs> Heidegger really was like, Oh, let's take some eighties style photos 
and and even and even like the guitar right because it's a wacky looking guitar yeah it's like one humbucker weird looking red <laughs> beach thing in this aqua color i was like oh man um you can bring up the negrini too there's all kinds of stuff oh no bring up the face so this was weird he had the um the, this inlay was apparently the guy who bought it that's his girlfriend <laughs> i was like i hope that's a very committed relationship yeah um bring up this was a thirteen thousand dollar guitar oh yeah and it took two years to make bring up the esp um down no you had it right there the telly oh yeah so this was a game changer so esp <laughs> released a relic telly that's only 400 bucks <laughs> what <laughs> right because because it's like the relicking is clearly like this was not done by hand it was, yeah it's yeah. like this is a this is a a, a machine line relic and it, the quality of the relic was hilariously bad but it's but it's like like why would you buy a relic in the first place um so it was just hilarious to me because normally you want to get buy some relic they charge you like four grand right 400 bucks i was like this is amazing <laughs> i hope that anyone who's like oh i really want a relic instead of dropping four grand is like oh, i'll just buy the four because it's like are you gonna play that relic probably not <laughs> so who cares if it's a crappy 400 guitar maybe it's like out of fashion now so it goes from oh, like big ticket to oh if the show was any indication it is not out of fashion mm-hmm. there were guys there who all they do is make relics jeez um, oh we did find um our only too many <laughs> strings <laughs> of the show oh well, here's I the mean, other negrini by the way here's the seven string yeah multi-scale. that was the cool one too bad it was multi-scale but that's the one we played ovation oh yeah ovation had these eight strings what yeah and no what's one what's unfortunate was on saturday when we went over there when these pictures were taken we didn't have the video camera because this dude came up and gented hard on it it was hilarious he's like these dudes from michigan they were so funny they were like total like hipsters and but the one guy was just like cranking out the gent on it he just like cranked the amp Oh, here was the f- the other amusing uh, Kiesel is uh, Stevie T. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Stevie <laughs> T has a thing. And it, clearly he took it very seriously. Yeah. Like he does for everything. So props to Stevie T. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the only other really too many strings thing was that double neck. That <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, oh, man, it was such a punk of junk. It was one of those, like, I don't know, I think it made in china like yeah just like copies of stuff and just everything they had was just garbage but it was amusing uh i don't know if there was anything else like super hilarious at the show um yeah i think that's all i got because most of it was just pretty straightforward it wasn't big enough to have like a lot of comedy yeah and there wasn't like a whole lot of like we were looking for you know the equivalent of like the Schechter party or something. The only thing we found was the epi- was an Epiphone party. Yeah, which in itself sounds like like <laughs> like normally you'd be like, oh, is there a Gibson Gibson's party? party? There's an Epiphone party. And you're like, oh, <laughs> um, and and we went to that, and it was all it was it was sort of sort of dead too. Yeah, so. it was uh, a little light, a little thin. Yeah. 
but there were no bachelorette parties at it. So that's, <laughs> that's true. That was, Everyone was, in Nashville is about to get married. Right. Well, no, like it's constantly. funny because I just talked to someone who was like, yeah, there's like this point when you're down there where you just realize that like, it's all just bachelorette parties. And I go, yeah, we realize that like immediately, <laughs> right. like one day, because, because one day. you see a lot of large groups of women who are either all wearing the same stylized shirt or following one girl who has a, you know, a tiara or yeah. whatever, a veil, like the tiny part of a veil, like whatever yeah. you call it. I'm not up on wedding attire. <laughs> Sorry. You can, you can correct yeah. me in the comments. Yeah, it was, yeah, so it was, the other thing that was super weird where there were people, multiple people cosplaying Trump. Oh, but like, yeah. but like, not like, not like I'm a dude bro at a bar and I'm cosplaying Trump to get attention. There was like, there was even one that was a Trump and a Hillary and they were like on the street. And I don't know if they were, if it was like the Spider-Man in Times Square kind of deal where they're looking like they want you to take a picture and like get a yeah, tip I don't or know. if it was like to draw attention to whatever bar they were standing out in front of. It, it just had to be one of no those, sense. but it was, yeah, confused. it was weird. Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. We were there. We saw it and we were confused. Like, it was super weird, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, oh, so Nashville, the other thing was like, there were, I, I guess it is the place for live music. There oh, are, yeah, There are yeah. live bands everywhere. So there's this, there's this street, uh, Broadway, which also the first time somebody mentioned Broadway, it confused me because we had just said we were from New York. And they're like, oh, saving all your money for Broadway, huh? And I was like, what? Like, in New York, all we do is spend money on going to Broadway shows? Like, I was like, what? You oh, there's a street here. That's where all the stuff is. And that was the big tourist street, at least. And every bar on that street had a, was like a honky-tonk with, like, a live band. And people would, and that was the other thing. You know, you go to Nashville, you're like, oh, you got to go see some live music. If you like live music, that's the town for you. And it was like... First of all, when people are like, do you like live music? I'm like, it depends. Right. Like, <laughs> the one, you know, that one guy, he goes, do you guys like live music? I go, is it Mashuga? <laughs> right. Oh, no. Because then <laughs> it was, no. he, he was like, no, they have the best right. band. He said the best band is playing there. <laughs> they, and you're like, Mashuga's playing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Mashuga's playing there? Yeah. Why have um, I not heard about this? <laughs> right. And it was like, oh, that, your yeah. idea of what the best band is, is very skewed. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, yeah. It's like, if your whole thing is like, do you like live music? Yes or no? It's like, it's your like, bar it's, is you set like, very low. Well, and, yeah. and it's like, you like bar music. Right. You like bar rock. Yeah. And yeah. maybe bar country. Yeah. And it was, you like it, you like a snare that's way too loud. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, I guess it's to be expected. Like, if you go to New Orleans, you know what kind of like music you're going to hear there. If you go to Nashville, yeah, but it can was you imagine? Pretty much to be. Can you imagine living that either as someone no, that's why who I would never live in that. Either someone either who lives sense. in Nashville or someone who works that circuit, like, like. Oh uh, yeah. I well, even, again, like a lot of people, they dig it. It's like so. Yeah, so Martin was like, "Oh, it's great band here." I'm like, "I'm sure they're good musicians, but I heard what they're playing. It's I mean, the same thing everybody's playing on that street." And there's I don't, actually good shows in New Orleans, though. Like, well, yeah, but again, yeah, it's a different. So it's like, right. but you're gonna. It's gonna be more towards like jazz. Yeah, right. And that I was kind say, of stuff. You could also argue that the jazz shows in New York are good, but you don't see me going down to Smalls. Right. Yeah. And it's it's uh, my point is you're gonna get there's a certain. That's what you're getting is that town's thing. And we heard it because the right. You just walk the down doors the doors are open. The windows are open. Half the places you can hear you. You don't have to go in. We're just like, right. Wasn't it? And no, no, that's not. Yeah. That's not what you're I want. Like, that's I'm not good. what I want. I'm good. And you can't go to the next one. And no, thanks. That's good. And so he's like the best band. And I'm like, if you had told me that 
the second I got here, before I had heard any, I might have been like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna check that out. But then I was like, nah, that's that's fine. Um, but it turned out uh, our hotel was like, well, it was a mile away from the convention center. It was near like a lot of food and a lot of bars that were actually better. Right, it's than where the locals the hang strip. out. Yeah, right. So because found Broadway's the all local tourists stuff. and 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 bridesmaids. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but where we were, Midtown, right, there was it was pretty packed. There was a good selection. However, the internet jukebox never played my oh, played yeah. my Meshuggah tracks. Yeah. I mean to, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, whatever. We put I it lost, in pretty late. I lost two dollars. Bar jukebox standards. Yeah, That's care. part of the scam. I love when that works though. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well we just got it next year we just gotta you know get, oh, is there a bar jukebox? Put Meshuggah on it and then get there early. See if it pays off. Yeah. The boys are back. <laughs> the boys are back. Um, oh, so the one other thing we should talk about. We went to, um, the next day we went to, uh, what was that place called? Uh, Caldwell's? Oh, uh, the vintage, yeah. Um, Carter. Carter's Vintage Carter, Guitars. Carter's Vintage Guitars. Yeah. And that place sweet. was really cool. So they had, so first of all, the overarching theme for this whole weekend was not enough strings. Not enough strings. Every, Hashtag not enough strings. Everything had six strings. The exception being those two ovations and a couple <laughs> yes. of sevens at the Kiesel booth. And the irony was also that the ovations were right next to the Godam booth where I always go to play the seven string classical, which they did not have. Which there. they didn't have, yeah. No, like everything was a six string. So we go to this place, Carter because actually Phil from Know Your Music, uh, he posted a picture from there, and I was like, where's that? We should go to that. And then I found it. Um, so we go there, and they had, they had some cool stuff. Like, they had they had a couple pre-CBS strats. Um, oh, they had the John Schaefer from I Start. Oh, yeah. Les Paul. Did well, you here, take a picture let of me it? Just, I'll just go through my, my Instagram. Oh, okay, cool. Um, put it back on the thing. All right, so this is just, you know, pile of amps, which, who cares? I have an Axe Effects. Right. Um, but I'm sure they're <laughs> no, like... No, no, seriously, it's like, why would you... Bu- who buys an amp? Like, if you have a studio, maybe, like, you could, and you, you're going to, you know... But, but I, it's like... And I don't understand... you could just... I don't, I don't even understand these, like, these boutique amp companies that show up to an amp, and, and you're like, we have this amp, it has one great sound, and it costs two to three grand. And you're like, you know what else costs two to three grand? An Axe Effects. Actually, I just got a B stock Axe Eight for eleven fifty, and I'm playing the shit out of that thing. It's awesome. Nice. It's way better than your stupid one channel point to point wired amp. Yeah. No one gives a shit. All right, let's it's see. Twenty seventeen. So, uh, shout out to Dave Coltai from Pigtronics and Supro. I did not notice that was him. I was just taking a. I was. I was. He was standing right next to me, and he did that thing where it was like, I don't think he, rec- I mean, I, I used to kind of know him when I was at Sam Ash, because when I found out about their, like, sales, uh, like, reward deal, I started selling the crap out of their pedals. And so right. I got a bunch of their pedals for free, because I sold a bunch of their pedals. Um, and their pedals are great, so it was easy. I was just like, these are cool. And people would be like, I want a fancy pedal. I'm like, get one of these. And it was great. <laughs> so... 
but I don't think he like recognized me or anything. He just was doing that thing where he somebody needed to know he found oh, the guitar. Oh, yeah, he no, wanted. he said he said it to me too. Yeah, and, and that was, he was like, this is the one. He picks up this PRS. And yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, dude, I've been looking forever for one of these. He's like, shit. And I was like, whatever weird like, guitar, dude. I'm like, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> later on, I was like, in my phone, oh, that's well, I know no, because that guy. he well he went to the he went up <laughs> to the guy working there, and he goes, he's like, hey, I own Supro. Can we work out a deal yeah. where I trade you some inventory? Because I really want this. Like, yeah. He's like, but I don't really have cash. <laughs> and he also, like, there's a, a Long Island gear group on Facebook, um, like classifieds. He posts, he's on there a lot trading stuff. He buys a lot of old guitars and old amps and stuff. Um, but yeah, so so that was cool. And you get a good look at their their guitar selection. Here's just another, like, everybody. It was, it was pretty, there was a little, like, uh, you know mimosas and some food and stuff yeah there going on there it turns it was, out it wasn't their their thing though it was um uh carlton cases uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. carlton cases shout out to them they gave us a lot of free food and drink and, and shirts t-shirts that are really soft yeah probably should have worn that for the show huh oh yeah well we'll we'll wear that another one and we also got the, on another episode we also got the even tide even tide gave a shirt even tide we're super oh, one cool of us will wear next episode one of us will wear the even tide one of us will wear the carlton cases <laughs> okay. and then we'll shout shout out back to this but um, yeah they had so everything here was overpriced first of all but they had really cool stuff they had a master built jeff beck strat they had a um they had a bunch of andersons they had uh, that Ingve kind of stri- like 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 it was a seventies or eighties like fifty seven or eighties. <laughs> not from the guitar store. Yeah, oh, they went backwards. That's you, why there's you playing in the. Uh, okay, so here's Ingve Strat. Well, here's my here's the first one that was interesting to me because in my list of like you know the guitar fetish collection like the some like if you just gave me unlimited money specifically for guitars. I would buy a Les Paul custom from around, basically I would buy this. This is exactly what I would want because this is how much money I would also want to spend on it. The point is there's a certain little spot in the used market where you can get a Les Paul from like the 80s or 90s, 2,500 bucks. That's going to be way better than like a new one. Also way cheaper than a new one. Have an actual ebony fingerboard. And since it's still not like warped or anything now, you also know it's really stable and shit. So anyway, that was cool. I would have bought that, but uh, the other one I would have considered, but probably not actually bought because it was actually more expensive than that. 1982 Ooh. 57 reissue Strat, aka the Ingve Malmsteen well, Sashville. And it was the correct color, too. Yeah. Exactly, the exactly. Color. If, if, the point is, if Ingve knew that existed, he would buy it and scallop the fuck out of it. And I was tempted to buy it just so he couldn't. <laughs> but this will, this picture will do. I'm sure he hasn't. He has enough. This was a uh, private stock Santana that i don't know if he played it i don't know if private stock means it was his private stock or just they made a really nice one and that's just a marketing thing but it was like eight grand so either way yeah because they that's eight grand was around the price for the other like this was owned by someone yeah and then so they <laughs> there weren't a ton of ukuleles at the show surprising unlike, yeah. unlike winter Nam, where there's a ton but this yeah. this uke had steel strings and seymour duncan's <laughs> so, <laughs> Were there any ukes with the uh, the medical tubing for that? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. base uke bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those sound surprisingly good when you plug mm. them in. It's weird. Like they had some at Sam Ash, and you'd be like, "Those things," and they plug them in, and you'd be like, "What base is that?" And it's like one of those fucking things. Huh. They're surprisingly. Oh yeah, and then this is the John Schaefer. Well, a Les Paul custom from 1969. 
It's just black. You're not missing anything yeah. by not seeing it. Imagine a black Les Paul. Used by John Schaefer on Iced Earth's Crucible of Man and Dystopia. I don't think that's why it's $15,000. I just think, like, they they probably even owned it and then, like, lent it to him or something. You know what I mean? Like, somebody lent him that and even then, for those tracks. Citation needed. Yeah. It's like, or you could have just stopped at 1969 Les Paul Custom. And, like, nobody's like, oh, shit. Now I'm going to spend $50,000 on this. Because it was used on a later mediocre Iced Earth album. Um... Yeah, and then there's you singing into a giant microphone. If you go to if you go to mine, you'll there's the Steinberger. Explore. Yeah. Oh, and the Broadway oh, yeah. jazz. So the so this is crazy. So this is an original. By the way, everything at this shop is super clean. Like that's yeah. the thing that's amazing. It's a really nice shop. All, I would... all the all the things, like you might. Like they're not only just things that you're like not expecting to see, they're in a condition you're not expecting them to be in. Mm. So this is an original '91 um, XM2, and so the thing that's crazy about this is the EMG didn't make bass pickups then. Those are those are guitar pickups, and they've just spaced it out five. Mm. So it's actually kind of oh, wow. crowded for five string bass, um, but it was super clean. But that was cool. And then the next one is the Broadway Jazz. Yeah, so they had um, this Hoyer Broadway jazz from the 60s. If I was going to buy one thing in the store, I would have bought this. Nice. Uh, it's nylon string, single pickup. It's really, I didn't plug it in, but just unplugged. It was super loud. It sounded great. Um, and the headstock was surprisingly elaborate for being oh, a guitar that old. Here's Did the, you play the Steinberger? Here's the shitty double neck we mentioned earlier. I didn't plug earlier. it in, but... Um, yeah, so yeah, at the Chinese booth, this thing was such garbage. It sounded so bad. Um, I'm not even sure. I, I'm not sure what the headstock says because I was just so amused. Like, I think it Lyman. I think. Well, I think it might. Which it's funny because I'm named after my grandfather who was Ed Lyman. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Shit. be like, they're ruining your name, Gramps. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was such a piece of junk. <laughs> yeah, the rest of my other uh, just. Aside from the Negrini, the rest of my time, there was just ridiculous signs that we saw. Oh, these guys were, what, low-end bases? Yeah, low-end bases, pretty... which is a, a horrible name for SEO. I have, um, so the video I shot, I, I'm going to put some, I'll, I'll edit some kind of thing together. A, because it's in 4K, but the sound all came out terribly, because the little mic I was using was mm. not good for, well, for Nam at all, in any, in the, the... So just overdub it with Meshuggah. Exactly. No, I'm just going to overdub really most of it. With, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like library music and, and do some highlight clips because uh, it looks decent enough. I think that's all we got for exciting things. And then I'll put us back up. Cool. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else about Summer Man? I think that pretty much covers that. No, I think if we go again, and like I said, it just like take friday off yeah kind of deal yeah that makes sense try to fly out saturday night so you basically only yeah. you pay two nights a hotel yeah and that's or, it i mean you could fly i mean it was decent enough hanging out at bars there and stuff oh yeah so we could always do like a if you book early i think sunday would be all right but i think the reason that it ended up being we booked kind of late so mm -hmm. like 
it was probably you know it was cheaper to stay the extra night because all the good flights had already been booked up yeah and shit, well so. just flying on sunday is typically expensive yeah because yeah, you, you have both people who need to be somewhere for monday and people who are returning from somewhere yeah, like, yeah. it's just the worst day to fly yeah but yeah i would, I would go again if uh if that makes sense yeah yeah no i mean i definitely had fun there was lots of stuff to play um like especially like gibson had the same kind of setup they have at summer nam like just much smaller mm. but like they had tons of stuff you could just play like yeah. it, was, it was great yeah gibson's was pretty decent oh the one so the one actually cool ish surprise was jackson had a seven string topographic neck oh, through yeah. that i got a video of that too it was was it swamp ash we asked him um, I was like, I was like, this is mahogany. No, it was body. mahogany. Correct, because the wood grain looked mahogany. Mahogany back, maple top, but it was like to top, veneer, like yeah, veneer, veneer, right? Um, and unfortunately, the deal breaker for me. Well, I would never buy one anyway because I only played one specific bridge, but the, it had the offset. Not they're not the dots and not the shark. It's like the oh, yeah, shark, the, the mini shark fin the, on both, yeah, like, yeah. like the Misha models, yeah, like the Misha have. thing. So. Um, um, I actually looked into that because there's uh it actually because it was also this weird green color it actually comes in another color that i was like oh yeah considering because it's i could probably get a really good like red or yellow color. it was like a uh sl i think it was sl 7q maybe or something um that's the right inlays oh okay. there you go yeah there so uh but the the other one this this guy it's um it's still mahogany, but it's like a transparent, like, like I guess transparent black. So it kind of looks like gray. Oh, here, let me, oh. let me put it on a thing that we can actually all see. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, but same, same, you know, same guitar, although also with a fixed bridge. So that's another reason I was considering it. Oh. But it's this 25 and a half inch scale. Um, yeah, that'll get you to be flat. Yeah. That's about it. But, you know, for a cheap... Uh, but there's the one SL7Q Pro. That was the one. Yeah. That they had at the show. Oh, oh you're joining the family. Ugh. The Juggalo family? That's not even the same. <laughs> the Manson family. <laughs> anyway, here's the... Oh, no, that's not it either. It's this. All right. None of this is on the screen, by the way, so... Oh. We only look marginally stupid. Um, You're the one driving. I only look marginally stupid. <laughs> All right, now it's up. That's the guy. Um, let's see. You can't really... There's no picture of the back, so you can't see the whole... But I have video of us, like, examining the topographic and stuff. So ah. we can... Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll post a little video alien, at some point. Alien burst. <laughs> Maybe this is the other. That's what happened to Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, it's just sad. Right? Black. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, otherwise not enough strings. Yeah, there was very few guitars with more with than the, six with strings. The correct number of strings. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of relic stuff. All right. Well, um, should we call it? I think we got a solid episode yeah. um let's see some stuff we got we're gonna have more episodes coming up soon hopefully we got some interesting topics like the special one track thing 
Um, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll get that John Mayer episode in. Oh, yeah. With, and we uh, with oh, Dave no. from Guitar just, Happy Hour. Just as we listened to all of the Katy Perry album, I listened to all of the quote-unquote best John Mayer album. <laughs> and I have thoughts on that. So... Um, more of that coming soon, so uh, like and subscribe or whatever your your thing is. And I'm turning it off now.